If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, this is Jessica Morris, and you are watching Don't Go Out There podcast. The ghosts around us all the time. Most of them, they can't hurt us. Most of them don't even want to hurt us. A little ghost here, a little ghost there. No one cares. But there are exceptions. Like this badass behind me. The ones who die of violent death stay in the tortured realm. And so violence is all they know. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin. And they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. Just want to thank all our fans and listeners. We really appreciate it. And before we get started on our film review tonight, just going to give a quick shout out to our social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just give us a follow. Keep up with us. You'll know what movies uh, we're reviewing next. We got our online store and website, don'tgooutthere.com. We got our blogs up. You know, just check us out. We really appreciate the support, y'all. And tonight's film review is Brother Brian's pick. It's 13 Ghosts. Uh, quick general overviews. I had never seen this movie until this week. Uh, I didn't hate it. Didn't love it. Uh, the ghosts look awesome. Not a not a big fan of uh, Matthew Lillard, going to be honest. Uh, but you can never be mad with a movie with uh, the beautiful Shannon Elizabeth in it. Okay. Uh, and that's just my general thoughts of it right now. Mike, you want to go next, brother? Oh uh, yeah, sure. Okay, so uh, we have a couple a couple different viewpoints here. Um, I thought it was okay. It I remember seeing this. I want to say 2008, 2009, around that time. Uh, it. And I remember liking it a little more the first time I saw it. This, you know, this time around, I thought it was. Look, and I love camp, and I mean, I really do love a good campy horror movie. You know, a lot of those Friday the Thirteenth and Sleepaway Camps and stuff like that are, are a little hokey, and and I love those for that. This was almost too much for me. It, it, it maybe that's just the way that I saw it. I don't know. Um, I actually completely disagree with you, Nico. These ghosts look like shit to me. Um. They're not scary in the slightest, minus the girl in the tub. Uh, she's kind of freaky. But outside of that, these ghosts look like monsters, which is kind of strange. Uh, I thought it was kind of a strange move there. Um, to me, this movie – and look, I know I've, I've come on here and said what I think about ghost movies. But to me, this movie would work really well as a hostage slash slasher film if I viewed it that way because they're – and, I, and by the way, big plus for this movie, I'm a big fan of one location 
type films. I know they start out in some other places, but most of this movie takes place in a giant ass house. That's a little creepy. And so, you know, I like that stuff and I think the cast is pretty good. Or we'll get into that. Shannon Elizabeth, call me sometime, anytime, <laughs> any area code, call, collect, whatever you got to do. Um, <laughs> relax, relax, Mike. I can't put all that on a shirt. Hey, 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 I was missing last week. I have to come back, make up strong for it. By the way, babysitter, you can call me too. All right. Not the point. The point is, I, I thought it was, a, it's kind of a hard watch. It's not that I hated the movie, but I felt at times so like nothing happened, nothing happened, nothing happened. And then the last 10 minutes, so much shit happens. And so it's kind of it's it's just kind of a hard watch, but it's a short watch. So that kind of helps. So I'm somewhere in the middle of the road. There's some things I like, some things I don't like to, to quote a former coach that uh, used to coach at Florida State. So <laughs> we'll uh, we'll get into it. My I'm actually pretty much in agreement with you. When I say the, I thought the ghosts, I thought they looked cool. I don't, they definitely didn't look scary to me or nothing. Right, right. Well, the you effects know. look good, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm with you. Go ahead, Brian. <laughs> okay, look, to give a little peek behind the curtain here <laughs> and be totally honest, look, this is my pick. Absolutely is. And so far, I haven't been in the business of picking movies that I don't really love. Um, obviously, that has to happen at some point, and that's probably, honestly, this movie. Um uh, <laughs> However, in my defense, I accidentally picked this movie. <laughs> I know. How can you do that? But look, in my defense, House on Haunted Hill in this came out about the, the remake, came out about, you know, the same time when I was a junior slash senior in high school. And, uh, you know, it's been that long since I've watched either one of these. I saw them both in the theater, and I really, really remembered loving this movie. But it was actually House on Haunted Hill remake that I loved. <laughs> the one with my girl, Alan Larder, <laughs> Famke Jansen. I would have loved uh, to watch that. <clears throat> well, to be fair, there was a lot of ghost type movies released around then, you know, in 99, 2001. And that was definitely the industry back then. And, you know, both of these are adapted from stories written by Rob White. So you can see you can give me give me a break here. So you can cut me a little <laughs> slack here. Right. Um, but that that ain't no problem. I, I don't dislike this. This is not the worst movie we've had to watch. You're right. No. I don't dislike this movie at all. I actually like it. Um, it's entertaining to me. It's just not the one that I really loved whenever I was picking. That's all. It's all good, brother. It happens. And and to be fair, the, the cover art or whatever is awesome yeah, of this movie. I really great. like that. The Fantastic. cover art's awesome. Absolutely. All right, tonight we don't have good brother Dustin Franklin with us. We're going to miss him and all of his comedy. And uh, I think he sent us some notes, though, so we'll see how he managed to get David Arquette in this movie. And I can't wait to see that or hear that. <laughs> hey, that should be pretty damn easy this time. Freaking cut me deep, man. Oh, yeah, I forgot the screen. That's right. Yeah. Anywho, y'all ready to jump into the uh, scene by scene, fellas? Yes. Let's do it, man. All right, let's do it. <laughs> Our film starts in the Dream Warriors junkyard. Just kidding. Uh, it really does. It really does. <laughs> a semi busts through a locked gate, <laughs> and cars follow in behind. A team of hunters set up the equipment. Dennis tells Cyrus, in his professional opinion, they need to leave. They're ghost hunters. Dennis points to where the ghost is after touching the ground and looking at a picture. He says this one's not like the others. Uh, what's his name? Damon and Kalina are brought to Cyrus by some other hunters. Damon says you can't catch them without the right spells. Dennis questions about this 13th ghost because he hadn't heard about this one yet. Cyrus has the semi put blood bait out, and then they turn the transmitters on to summon the ghost. 
The ghosts start attacking and killing all the hunters with the junk cars. We see quick visuals of the ghost, Juggernaut, tossing the hunters around. He's now slamming a man into the walls of a building. Dennis radios to Cyrus, I hope you're happy. Kalina cries for help for Damon. Dennis sees Cyrus dead with a sheet of metal through his neck. All right, now we get to the opening credits, and we see Arthur and his kids and his wife, Kathy. Uh, you know, they're all just at their house, you know, doing family stuff. Now we hear a fire alarm, and we hear the kids and Arthur yell, where is mom? And the firefighters yell, you can't go back in there. And then we hear her death and her funeral eulogy. Back to Arthur in his chair. He's staring outside stoically, and you see all their bills, like, tacked to the wall, and they're all past due. All right, breakfast scene now. Kathy is cooking. Robert is recording. He's a young podcaster. Shout out to the OG. And Maggie, <laughs> the maid, is not doing her maid duties. Arthur spills coffee all over himself after he trips on uh, Robert's scooter. And I'm just going to say Robert, Bobby. I wrote down Robert, but it's Bobby, his son. So if I say Bobby later, I'm talking about Robert. <laughs> uh, Kathy, Kathy, the daughter, mentions they need a bigger place, but Arthur says he can't afford it now. Now we get a knock at the door. It's a lawyer, Benjamin. He has a message from dead Uncle Cyrus. He gets a key to his new house from Uncle Cyrus. Kathy is excited for her own bathroom. Perhaps we'll meet again in another life, Cyrus says in closing. Benjamin tells them they can go with him to the house. <laughs> and I wrote Bobby has no death awareness because he just laughs about his mom being dead. <laughs> oh, All right, Brian, man. that's the two opening scenes I got wrote down. What are your thoughts, man? All right, man, and you guys may disagree with this, but look, Lillard, Lillard's someone I always loved in every movie he's been in. Um, he's someone who plays the exact same person in every movie. He plays Matthew Lillard. Um, Scream, of course, and when he's Shaggy and Scooby-Doo. And I know, I know, I know, I know, he always plays a little over the top, all right, a lot over the top. But even in this movie, I think it's a good performance, and I really, I, I, I really like it. And I like the character here and how he's funny and self-aware. Um, I've heard one one uh, one time someone call Matthew Lillard a man on caps lock, and that's about the best description of him I've ever heard. And love it. Great. Um, that's perfect. <laughs> one thing I'll say is if they're already there and they're set up in the car graveyard from Freddy Four, then why do they need Shaggy to tell them where the ghosts are? Like that didn't make sense to me at all right there. Um, plus, spoiler alert. If you're going to fake your death, it seems like maybe it would happen off screen or something. Uh, to me, that death looks pretty damn final to me, which always it always rubbed me the wrong way about this movie. Um, protesters, I hate these characters, especially the character of discount Alyssa Milano. I mean, Kalina. Um, <laughs> I think it's completely stupid argument anyway. I mean, they're arguing slavery for someone that's a mass murderer when they were alive and is continuing to kill people even after he's dead. So... Plus, I hate Kalina for reasons I'll go into later, but her character has no place to me in this movie at all. Um, I did like the one-shot opening credits, though. Uh, it gave you the exposition without a big scene to start out with. Although, seeing all the stuff that, that happened right there in the credits as like a pre-credit cold open, to me, I think would have actually been a better than the one we got um, and had more character development for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um I mean, they shot a lot of the footage in that transfer, like flashes between, you know, Monk and Shaggy later in the film. They had a lot. By the way, Lo Tony Shalhoub, I call Monk this entire review. So, yes. Um, but, you know, they had they had the footage to me. Um, maybe they, I mean, I'm sure they could have used it. Um, two more things, you know, that they push home the fact that my man Monk is in a lot of debt here. So why do we have the live in nanny? I mean, you know how much Thank those you. cost? Shit. <laughs> 
Shannon Elizabeth has, you know, supposed to be playing like, I don't know, mid, late 20s, but she can't look after that kid. Um, by the way, fast factor, real age right here is only a year older than Rod Digga, who played her nanny to begin with. Um, also, uh, another fun fact I found surfing the web, uh, ghost glasses um, he wears as a little homage to the you know, 1960s 13 ghost film. So that original film was actually shot in what they called Illusion O effects back then. Um, and it evolved the ghost being like overlaid on the screen in like a blue color. So to see them, the audience in the movie theater would have these like 3D type glasses. They'd have to raise up to see the ghosts. So it's a pretty cool <clears throat> gimmick, which which I will uh, hate. You know, <laughs> I would hate watching in the theater, but it's pretty cool looking back. Hey, appreciate Brian taking all my fun facts right there. But go ahead, brother. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. My bad. Oh, no, I'm, just, man. I'm just messing with you, brother. Go ahead, Mike. All right, so uh, Nico, it's funny that you said the Dream Warrior Junkyard because that's kind of what <laughs> the minute the movie opened, I'm Dream Warrior. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I kept thinking that, and the crazy thing is, man, I, this is gonna sound kind of dismissive, but I don't give a fuck about this opening junkyard scene, man. Like, right. you, you, your Brian made a great point. The opening credit scene that we got, I think, is much more powerful and much more engaging. And, look, I like Matthew Lillard in most things. I like him in Scream as Stu. I think his over-the-topness works in that movie as a red herring slash not red herring. Like, that's a really – I think it works in Scream. Here, he's just an annoying fuck, man. Like, I <laughs> I, I, I can't get past it. it he – and, look, I, I don't not like Matthew Lillard. Again, like him as Shaggy. I like him in some other stuff. But it just – in this movie, he – when he's on screen, he sucks the screen dry, man. It is just way too, way too kooky or something. Like it just doesn't fit with what I, what I remember the movie being the first time I saw it. So maybe it's my own expectations on that. Because when this opening junkyard scene starts, I, I, I think I put it in the group chat as we were watching. It was man, I forgot how over the top this movie is. Like, mm-hmm. I remember it being a little bit darker, a little more serious. But then again, it was a long time ago, so. Watching it now. And by the way, you said Ben Shalhoub, who I love as Monk. He's also great in uh, Pain and Gain as the as the freaking uh, rich guy that they rob and and Mark Wahlberg uh, like lives in his house and they tie him up in the basement and stuff. Um, he's great in that movie too. So he's you know I really like this cast again. Shannon Elizabeth is great, and I also have wrote down why the fuck do you have a live-in nanny? Like right. what? Like what's what's that for? And um, this. <sighs> It's going to sound mean, but I really don't care because I'm, I'm guns a blazing tonight, gentlemen. This Bobby <laughs> kid is, is annoying. And so I know yeah. he's a little kid. I get it. Man, fuck I, them kids. Yeah. <laughs> as, as Michael Jordan said, man, fuck them kids because, <laughs> because this kid's annoying, which kind of comes into play. Look, I, I'm still emo- I still get into the plot that comes later, but it is a little bit. It takes me a little bit because I'm like, man, Bobby kid annoying. You sure you want to come around this whole house looking for this motherfucker? Anyway, so I'm just kidding. That's a joke. <laughs> so and by the way, the first time I saw this movie, I remember watching the message from Cyrus thinking, I don't think Cyrus is dead. So to me, it kind of felt like something was up from the beginning. It, didn't, it seemed too good to be true, obviously. So, you know, spoiler alert, hopefully you've seen the movie so you know what's coming. But um, I, I don't necessarily hate these two scenes. But I I agree with you, Brian. I'm on a, not necessarily cunt, 
cut the whole junkyard scene out, but I would have probably cut it down some. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Mike, me and Mike disagreeing in 2020 is wild, y'all. Wild. Hey, we only disagreed on on Matthew Lillard in this movie. <laughs> I love him as Stu, no matter what uh, Nico says. Cut me deep, man. Uh, you just like Scream. You're just giving a pass because you like that movie. <laughs> I think he's good. No, I think he's great as Stu. I, I, I really do. And he's hey, the best me... Shaggy there's ever been in cartoon or anything. That dude's great as Shaggy. He's a oh, play yeah. that role. Yeah, he, he is a good cartoon character, but I agree with you, Mike. It's like we really expect this guy to be a ghost hunter. It's like that this, was my problem. This it weirdo was, is a ghost right. hunter fighting Jackal and right. Juggernaut and Hammer. Like, come on, man. That was he, my he problem. Kept, was he, of all role. people, is the one capturing these people. Come on now. Right. It was the role, the fit. It didn't work for me in this movie. That was, yeah, the big problem for me throughout the whole movie. <laughs> I couldn't believe Brad Pitt would do that, huh, Dustin? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try to impersonate scene. Dustin, but I don't have it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, now they're uh, Maggie and Robert, Bobby, they're playing. It seemed like a pretty bag full of dynamite. They arrive to the house. They're blown away by it. They now meet Dennis dressed as a power guy. Arthur unlocks the door, and they all go inside. A lot of fancy machinery in the house. And it's all glass walls. Maggie says she does not do windows. Again, a maid who does not do anything except collect a paycheck, it seems like. Worst nanny ever. Yeah, they all start to just look around. Dennis questions what that crazy son of a bitch Cyrus has done. Arthur tells him to uh, stay right here as he goes with uh, Dennis. Uh, or Benjamin, excuse me. Dennis is wandering the halls of the house. He gets flashes of a ghost. Arthur asks Benjamin... If Cyrus was a hunter, Dennis is being attacked by these ghost flashes. Benjamin reassures Arthur he'll never have to worry about house taxes or money. Dennis puts on another set of glasses, and we see the flashes of a ghost all around him as he runs away. Kathy, Robert, and Maggie, they all explore the house. Dennis reveals who he is to Arthur. He's a ghost hunter. Robert and Maggie race down the hallway while he's on his scooter. Dennis says he'll explain soon as they all get outside what's going on. Kathy finds a luxurious room, she claims. Dennis yells Cyrus owed him a shitload of money. He keeps getting attacked by ghosts, and we see flat we see flashes of uh, Arthur's wife as he touches his, as he touches Dennis. Benjamin starts to walk the house and he chats with the ghosts as he passes by them. He picks up a briefcase full of money, but it locks all the doors because it was on a set of pedals. Dennis and Arthur agree it's time to leave. The angry princess ghost gets free and pursues Benjamin with a knife. Ben is then cut in half as a set of glass doors slam shut, and the princess stares at him as he slithers down. I really, really like that Benjamin death. It's probably, I'm, spoiler alert, that's my favorite kill of the movie. Same. Uh, go ahead, Brian. Yeah, um, let me say something about this house design. I don't really care for it at all. Um, I want my ghost houses to be hundreds of years old with cobwebs. Look, this is almost like a mixture of like that cabin in the woods facility and obviously house on House on Haunted Hill remake. But I'm not, you know, I'm just not a big fan of all the glass, etc. I mean, um, you know, to me, having having old house like sets a lot of the atmosphere that I'm honestly I'm missing a little bit here. And I think it would have been better with it. Um, yeah, I agree with you, uh, Nico, for sure. Worst nanny ever. You know, she says she doesn't do windows and then she loses the kids. So to steal a line from office space, what uh, would you say you do here? <laughs> yeah. Sorry-ass sure. nanny. <laughs> and, uh, 
did the lawyer split? Best quote ever. Dad joke, love it. Plus, spoiler <laughs> alert, like like Nico, that's my favorite kill. Although it's not practical with the bones, organs, everything else, the visual I love, practicality be damned. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Mike. I agree with you. That's the coolest damn kill of the movie. It's not close. So spoiler alert on that. It looks really good. And like you said, it it might not make a whole lot of sense from a science standpoint, but it looks fucking cool, man. It's really a really a cool kill. Uh, I have pretty much the same stuff that you guys do, man. Maggie, shitty nanny. Um, by the way, they got. I need. <laughs> I need more Kathy on screen. This is <laughs> this is. Well, this is like the most we get, and it's very frustrating because you know we really could have used a little more Shannon Elizabeth in this movie. That's all I'm saying. I got um, a fever, and the only cure is more <laughs> Kathy, baby. Yeah, 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 more. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to tell her to call me sometime because it's kind of creepy at this point, but you get the point. Um, <laughs> so this is these are some of the scenes that Matthew Lillard is over the top. And I know I said it, that he's in the first scene or the first couple scenes, and he, he is. But in these scenes when he's putting on the goggles and he's running into the ghost, first of all, this is the first time I'm like, these are ghosts? These look like mongoloids or something. Like They look like... Um, they look like Jason Voorhees in that one movie where he takes off the mask and like half his face is kind of melted to the side and stuff like, but he's really hulking. Like that's how that one ghost looks. And I'm like, this is, this is not a ghost. This looks like freaking Arnold Schwarzenegger if he died or something. Like it's really weird. Um, so I didn't necessarily like the looks of these ghosts, except the one that Kathy runs into the tub. I know I already said that, but, um, yeah, some of the acting right here by Matthew Lillard is just, he's falling on the floor and his facial expressions, Honestly, he reminds me of of a pro wrestler where they're like overdoing the facials. They're overacting the like falling like it's it's very I don't know. It didn't work for me in this movie, which is so weird because, again, I am a Matthew Lillard fan. I'm I mean, our 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 team is split right down the middle on Matthew Lillard two for two. And so I'm in your camp, Brian, just not in this movie. He it just <laughs> these scenes in particular, man. And even when he's just talking, talking to Arthur. It's just like, hey, man, come on. Yeah, don't go down there, man. Like, man, come on. Like, it's just too much. So, yeah. Uh, cool-ass kill, though. Right at the end of these scenes, cool-ass kill. Can't, can't complain too much about it. Hey, Mike, can the angry princess call you sometime? That's – look. look. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. I would not like to defile – Look, I can't call a ghost hot, all right? Let's move on. Oh, you can plead the fifth, brother. All right. Plead the fifth. <laughs> the kids are gone now. Arthur is yelling their names trying to find them. Kathy looks at herself in the mirror, and the uh, angry princess is right beside her. Kathy opens the shower curtain, but can't see the princess sitting there in a pool of blood. Arthur knocks on Kathy's bathroom door as you see the princess stab her. <laughs> he gets pissed at Maggie for not having uh, Bobby with her, because, of course, she's the worst maid ever. Robert hears a voice downstairs. Uh, Arthur tells Kathy and Maggie to wait in the car while he finds Bobby, but the doors are locked. Dennis tells him the house is sealed. Arthur tells Dennis he's not leaving his sight until Bobby is found. Bobby walks in. He walks the house with his scooter, and he yells, Come on, stop hiding. Dennis tells Arthur the glass is soundproof, and the spells keep the ghost at bay. Robert takes off running when he sees the, the, uh, the bound woman ghost behind him. Dennis says this basement is full of ghosts. Bobby falls and sees the torso ghost now. 
this this is the kind of stuff that he's confused. There's all these different ghosts coming after him. <laughs> Dennis tells him the glasses allow you to see the ghost. Bobby runs into a glass wall and is knocked out. Let me flip my page real quick. All right, Dennis yells at Arthur as he tries to go downstairs. Arthur tells Dennis he'll pay him whatever Cyrus owes him for his help. Bobby hears a message to go upstairs from the withered lover ghost. He turns around and his uncle Cyrus is there. Dennis is jump scared by the hammer ghost. Maggie sees it now when she puts the glasses on. Dennis shoots, shoots the ghost a bird as he leaves. Kathy and Arthur find Bobby's glasses in recorder. Kathy tries to reassure Arthur. Kathy puts the glasses on and is attacked by the jackal ghost. It pins her to the wall and it scratches her chest really bad. And now it starts to pull her through midair. Kalina shows up to help. Dennis uh, stops Maggie as he sees the first the firstborn son ghost. The jackal chases after Kathy, but the door shut and stops the jackal. The princess ghost pursues Dennis and Maggie. Mike, you want to go first on those two scenes, man? Yeah, okay, so two things. From this point on, I this is what I was talking about in my opening where I was like, this could really work as some kind of like hostage type slasher type movie where it's one person, he has the kid or she has the kid, and we're all searching through this house to find the kid. It could work a little bit better with that if they built tension and they built suspense. I know that's not what this movie's supposed to do. They're having a little fun with it. This movie gets meta points, by the way. Mike loves meta. This movie gets a lot of meta points. It is recognizing what it is while it's taking place. It, it understands it's kind of hokey, kind of over the top, and that's okay. But uh, the bath, the the scene where Kath, Kathy sees the ghost in the mirror is just – that's the only – I know it's supposed to be like – like you, you, this movie is meta. It knows what it is, but that's the kind of scene I'm like – Okay, like, you saw that shit coming. Like, as soon as she went into the mirror, oh, here comes the fucking ghost in the mirror scene. So it's in every ghost movie we've ever seen. And it's just just another another knock on the movie for me. Uh, when Robert ran into the wall, that shit made me laugh. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Couldn't help myself because he's annoying little shit. <laughs> uh, again, the Arthur Dennis scene at the stairs, I already talked about it, where it's just, even in that scene, freaking Matthew Lillard just can't help himself. Uh Okay, this is a part of the movie where I get a little lost because I don't give a fuck about Kalina. And here she is showing back up. Where she, she, we haven't seen her since the very beginning. It's like it just didn't work for me. It wasn't my cup. Of, like once they involved her, I knew like once they involved her, I knew what was coming. This death was faked like something's up. Like there's something not on the up and up here. And it just didn't work for me. So. I mean, there's some good stuff here, but it's just a little too over the top. Like it, like I get a little lost because I can't take the movie, I can't take the movie serious enough. So if you're not a Scream fan, I know how you feel now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kalina can get the fuck up out of my movie for sure. Thank you. I'm Thank right you. That one. <laughs> um, hey, a little fun fact: throwing them out there all the all, the whole time. So. Uh, the writing etched on one of the walls in the glass house actually translates to uh, to read the Lord's Prayer. So um, throwing that out there right there. Um, look, a little thing about this angry princess bathroom scene um, about the tension. And, and this isn't my quote. I got it off a video I watched. I can't really recall off the top of my head like which one it was. But I can't take credit for coming up with it myself, so I'm not going to do that. But it was great, and I wanted to repeat it anyway. But uh, it said Hitchcock said there was a difference between surprise and suspense. 
two people are talking, a bomb goes off, that's a surprise. But you show the audience that a bomb is going to go off, and then you have the suspense before it does. So I think that's what they were doing there with the glasses. They're showing her in the room uh, with Shannon Elizabeth's character, but you know she never sees her. Only the audience does. So, I mean, I thought that was a pretty decent job there, and I think that was a good example. Um, uh, splitting up, I wrote, I wrote down splitting up. Way to go. Shake my I thought you were better than that, monk. Um, and uh, the jackal, obviously the ghost of Amanda from Saw – that, you know, Saw obviously ripped off from this movie. I'm kidding. Nico just threw something in his computer at me. Um, <clears throat> but it's probably my favorite ghost of all of them. Uh, he's got a cool backstory, too. Um, but I'll admit, like, I always thought it was a girl, to be honest with you. Um, but, but see, it's here when Kalina shows up that she scares the jackal off with the fire. But you don't even catch that, though, um, unless you know the backstory and how the jackal was in the asylum when it burned down and now he's scared of fire. And that's my biggest nitpick about this movie is like the ghosts have really cool backstories, too. Mm -hmm. Cool, like mm -hmm. very cool backstories. Yeah. But, you know, you don't get to hear them at all. You have to go look them up. So I don't really understand the point of them. I agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said that. That's a great point. Uh, Arthur hugs Kathy and asks Kalina, what the hell was that? He asks what she's doing here. Arthur puts the glasses on and sees the jackal ghost. Kalina says she plans to set the ghost free. She tells him about the machine that Cyrus has built. Kathy's gone now. They see the first <laughs> they see the firstborn son ghost with an arrow through his head. Dennis throws Maggie the glasses as he's trapped in the room. Dennis is being attacked by the torn prince. Kalina and Arthur are being chased by the jackal. The door opens and Dennis escapes. Kalina says to get to the library because there's spell protection all around it. Dennis sees the great child ghost and they run off. They meet up and Kalina and Arthur. How do you lose? <laughs> Dennis asks. How do you lose a family in a glass house? Dennis asks. The jackal attacks Arthur now. Dennis hits it with a flare and they run off. <laughs> Dennis says he hates his job as they get to the library. And then he and Kalina start to argue and accuse each other of why this all happened. Arthur tells him to shut up. They tell Arthur the fourth ghost is his dead wife. Arthur punches Dennis out of rage. Kalina says it's not a house, but a machine. The ghosts represent the Black Zodiac, and she names off all these ghosts. The ghosts are used to open the Eye of Hell. The man who controls the Ocularis, I think is what it's called, yeah. will be the most powerful man on Earth. Dennis says it doesn't add up. Arthur just wants to find his kids. Kalina says she has enough explosives to blow them back to the 15th century. And the next two scenes are the uh, finale, guys. Um, Mike, Brian... Yeah, either one of y'all have a preference on who goes first. Hey, go ahead, Brian. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, look, you've got Dennis being attacked by the torn prince, you know, with Maggie telling him how to avoid him right there. Uh, yelling through soundproof glass, by the way. Then it cuts, and they're both, you know, just walking around. No explanation how they got away, anything. To me, it was a, that was a really weird cut there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, then we get literally almost two minutes of nothing but shots through the damn house and soundtrack. Uh, did Stanley Kubrick make this movie? I mean, <laughs> I, I don't, I'm just kidding. If he did, it would have been about 30 more minutes of that. Um, it would have been better. I know that. Anyway. <laughs> uh, and again, we have Kalina bitching at Matthew Lillard, Shaggy here, about how it's his fault. Again, tell me how. If they weren't here, wouldn't they just be out killing everyone else? This yeah. is like getting mad at the Ghostbusters for trapping ghosts and holding them in a containment unit. You'd rather them out be out killing people. That doesn't make any fucking sense as an argument. And obviously, you know, we get the twist later, which to me is a whole nother shit on this character completely. 
And, you know, but and my last little parting thought here was I thought it was super cheesy of Arthur knowing the Latin translation of Ocularis, by the way, just off the top of his head. To me, I thought that was just out of place and seemed weird. Yeah, I agree. Go ahead, Mike. This whole set of scenes is a fucking 30-minute Scooby-Doo episode. This whole set of scenes. And it's fitting that Matthew Lillard is in this part so heavily. Because he plays a great Shaggy here, and he plays a great Shaggy in Scooby-Doo. Like, <laughs> I'm watching this, and they have, you know, they have the, the the blueprints. Hey, this room, this room, and the back and forth between the characters and the cuts you were talking about. And then there's, and like you said, there's basically a damn music montage right in the middle of this fucking movie, yeah, which makes good. no damn sense. And so, again, it's like a Scooby-Doo episode. I was expecting zoinks at any time. Like, it, it was like, it, it was hard to follow. Like it was, I watched this movie three times and it was hard to follow. So kind of lets me know that it, it's not that I necessarily hate it because I'm still, it's a light watch. It's entertaining. So I'm not like keeping my eyes open. Like I was with audition or anything. Like I'm, I'm, I'm (laughs) sorry. I'm just being honest. I'm still engaged, but I'm not fully engaged. Like it hasn't. It hasn't been able to grab my attention. Like you said, him being able to read the Latin. Get the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> and again, the whole the whole character of Kalina has thr- – like ever since she showed up, I'm like, eh, okay. Like can we find Bobby and get the fuck out of this house? Like that's really what I need to see. And I – you know, I, I think I said it earlier. A whole lot of nothing happens and then bam, a whole bunch of shit happens in the last 25 minutes. And it's just – it's a lot. And again, dead – Scooby and the gang are at it again, man. Like it, it is the set of scenes you just talked about. Probably my least favorite set of scenes. Mike, you're, I agree again with you 100%. Like we, me, you, and Dustin watch this Thursday night, and like you know we text each other during it. And right. I said this is going to be a hard movie to scene by scene because once they start going through these hallways, to me, exactly. I just go and put this is this is in my you know review part, but. This just got so monotonous and repetitive over and over. They go into a room, they put on a pair of glasses, they see a different ghost, and right. Matthew Lewis starts twitching. It's over. Scooby-Doo. And, oh, and you're right. The Scooby-Doo comparison was perfect. I couldn't think of what this is, but you, when you said it's a Scooby-Doo, it's a movie basically with live characters. Like, yeah, this is exactly, exactly it. I'm pretty <laughs> sure there's a Scooby-Doo episode called called Scooby and the 13 Ghosts, if I'm not mistaken. I am oh, not, I'm almost 90% sure. Okay. Yeah, well, I, read, I read that. And I did, I did. Matthew Lillard is in the Scooby-Doo franchise, so it all works out in the end. Yeah, I'll, this I started getting like after I watched this, I started thinking. I was like, this is reminding me of Hellraiser, whenever Julia kept bringing people back and beating them in the head and feeding them. It's just you <laughs> hey. know, just the same repetitive thing over and over and over. It's just at at least Hellraiser had some cool kills and shit. This has one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this, this is the last two scenes, and I, I feel bad because I'm kind of just shitting all over in this movie. Yeah, right we now. are, but I mean, I, yeah, I'm spicy tonight. Let's go. You should feel bad. You both should feel bad, bastards. Hey, Brian, if you'd picked the right movie, we wouldn't be shitting on <laughs> I was going to say, if you'd have picked the right I – lo- I like the movie you were supposed to pick. Damn it. I mean, I wanted the better version of this movie, and I missed it. It is a significantly better version. Go ahead, Nico. <laughs> I'm fucking with you, brother. All right, last two scenes. Dennis and Arthur grab a glass door for protection. Maggie and Kalina leave together. There's no place like home, Dennis chants. The two ladies find the lawyer cut in half. Kalina and Maggie get to the uh, the machine. <laughs> the torn prince attacks Dennis and Arthur, but is crushed by their uh, glass door. 
Kalina attacks Maggie as Cyrus walks in. She asks, you're not mad at me, are you, to Cyrus? Dennis puts Arthur behind the door and fights the hammer. Now the juggernaut, I, I do like this thing. I do like this kill, Mike. <laughs> the juggernaut yeah. breaks Matthew Lillard in half, basically. Yes. Kalina says, and I kind of was looking forward to Matthew Lillard dying, to be honest. Kalina says Arthur won't do it if the kids aren't in jeopardy. He orders her to put them in some danger. Cyrus starts to chance over the machine. The ghosts walk off and fade out, and now Arthur sees his wife's ghost. He pours, you know, I just wrote Arthur, he pours his heart out to her, how much he misses her and he loves her and all that, and then her, her ghost fades away. Cyrus cr- crushes Kalina between two glass doors. Yeah, Cyrus is a, he's an evil motherfucker in this movie. Arthur finds his kids in the middle of the ocularis, and the ghosts are all around them. Arthur sees Cyrus, and we hear Kalina's soliloquy about the ghost she gave earlier. He realizes Cyrus isn't dead and attacks him. Cyrus beats him with his cane and says the world doesn't need little people like him. Maggie, she starts messing with all the controls of the machine, and the ghosts walk out. The ghosts kill Cyrus by throwing him into the machine. Then his ghost uh, tells him it's not over and to to go get his kids. Arthur jumps through all the rings circulating his kids, and the glass walls start to shatter. Arthur hugs his kids, and his wife appears. I love you, she says, and she fades away. <laughs> and then the film ends with Maggie yelling. She quits and that this was not her job description. I don't know what was in your job description, Maggie, because you but didn't do a do damn you, thing. I was going to say, what, is, what the fuck is your job description? <laughs> Walk, Christ. Talk inappropriately around the kids and get a paycheck, I think is what yeah. it was. Call, you know, called the, the daughter a bitch and told you know why the son calls her a slut and all this other stuff. That's Play hangman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know what was in your job description, but I guess it was literally nothing. But still Mike, money you, for Monk. You want to go on those last two uh, scenes, man? We'll let Brian yeah. go last first pick. Yeah. yeah, sure. So right off the bat here, I love that Dennis kill too. I think it's a cool kill. I like the I like the look of Juggernaut, but I don't like him as a ghost. Like I, I, that makes no sense. I have no logic, but I would think he would just be like a better, almost like creature feature. With Jug- this killer, Juggernaut looks like. like he should be in the hills have eyes or something. Yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of the vibe I was getting at. So it's not that he lo- he looks bad. I think the effects are good. It's just I can't see that being a ghost. Uh, but I guess a ghost could literally be fucking anything. So, um, as we learn in Oculus, it's a goddamn mirror. So, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. My point is, this set of scenes makes me think there's a better cut of this movie somewhere. Oh yeah, because. Yes. Because there's an emotional tie here with Arthur and his wife and the kids, and I feel like they could have hit that heavier than all this other side plot stuff. Like, there's a lot going on with Kalina and Cyrus. I just don't feel like it was needed to make it a good movie. I I feel like the family connection, pick a villain, because now we have two – now we kind of have two villains. We've got Cyrus, and we've got the ghost. They're kind of after everybody. And somewhat Dennis in a way because he's annoying. So it there's a lot going on. There's just a lot, and I feel like if they had spelled it back and made it a little simpler, and maybe that's just my dumb uh, meathead brain, I guess. But I feel like there's a better there's a better cut of this movie that's a little bit more linear, simpler, you know, straight to the point. Um, and I think that they do a good like I like the scenes where Arthur. Jumps through the rings. He reunites with his kids. I like the scene with him and his wife. You know, he gets to say, 
I miss you so much and all that stuff. Like I like that set of scenes. I think that's really good. But all the other stuff that surrounds it just kind of drags it down to me and, and takes away the fun. And Maggie, you can get the fuck out. I wish they had. I know that this this isn't supposed to be a super serious movie. So I'm normally okay with ending on a kind of a laugh, like a ha ha. But mm. after the after we get that right there, I would have just loved the ending. He reunites with his kids, sell off into the sunset, and we get that. I, it, it didn't hit right for me. And normally I'm a big fan of that, but it and not in this movie. It just didn't hit right. So. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, I completely agree with you. There's definitely a better cut of this for sure, where you had a lot more character development um, before. So I saw some of these scenes maybe hit a little bit harder, like and had a little bit more of an emotional tie. I completely agree with you. And fucking speaking of character development that has none, like this is what I was talking about. So Kalina goes from this strong protester type woman ready to bomb the damn place to now you found out find out she's just a submissive yes man in like an obviously abusive relationship with Cyrus. Thank so you. like I don't like this twist at all. And, you know, and I mean, usually with well-written twists, you can go back, you can see the tip offs. And this just like seems something like it was just decided at the last minute that the movie needed something thrown in there because there's no good setup. Cyrus's yep. death seemed like it should have been done way differently to be de believed as a twist later. You know, and Kalina, if you insist on having this character in the movie, has way too drastic a character change to be believable. Like, you just don't believe she goes from this great, you know, this big, strong mm -hmm. woman, you know, uh, protester type wanting to save, you know, save the world and, and uh, you know, to this stabbing her in the back like a submissive to, to cyrus and i just i hate that part um you know and the ending to me has always bothered me because they release all the ghosts to go fucking murder and kill people at will but you know it's it's the nanny joke that it ends on and and, to, and shit maggie should have never even survived she wasn't in the center of the house like they said so you know that sours up honestly a lot of this i feel like they definitely didn't stick the landing on the ending here and you know we'll get into it later but you know, on House on Haunted Hill honestly suffers a little bit from that, too, also written by Rob White again. So, you know, look, let me just say we're talking about fixing this script. I'll fix it. I'll fix the ending right here. We all know exactly how it should have ended with them looking at the ghosts, walking to the woods and saying, this is going to get messy. Who are you going to call? Boom, Ghostbusters theme. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> she did reference ectoplasm in the movie that had to be a subtle nod <laughs> so do any of y'all have any final thoughts on the movie before we jump into some fun facts i kind of feel like i was negative a little more than i i wanted to come across because i don't think it's like this like terrible movie or anything but it's it, it's almost like it almost makes me more mad because i feel like there's a better damn movie within this movie somewhere so that's why I'm like, eh, it's just okay. It's just an okay movie. Yeah, I've only got two fun facts. So I'll just go real quick. <clears throat> Excuse me. The effect for the torso was achieved using a double amputee wearing a special black hood that could be used to digitally remove its head. I thought that was pretty cool. And of all the creature makeup created for the film, the angry princess required the longest time to apply it five hours. So I thought it was pretty interesting. And we've said uh, the other ones I had throughout the review. Does anybody else have fun facts? I don't personally, as I said, I'm doing the thing, yeah. but Dustin does. So here we um, go. Let me read a couple of Dustins. For and first of all, David Arquette, 
right off the gate, we get introduced to David Arquette's Scream co-star, Matthew Lillard. That was the David Arquette connection from my man, Dustin. And uh, a couple of his, his, his fun facts are great. I'm going to read them in radio voice, too. There's a porn parody called 13 Erotic Ghosts. That was a, there's, that's one fun fact. Uh, it's also <laughs> the first film from a major American studio featuring three Arab-American leads, Tony Shalhoub, F. Murray Abraham, and Shannon Elizabeth. Which, by the way, I did not know that Shannon Elizabeth was a American. So, um, and last, his last fun fact, uh, I already said with Shannon Elizabeth being a year older than Rod Digga. So, yeah, I had that one as well. All right, uh, Brian, this is your pick, brother. Do you want to go first or last in your favorite coolie's favorite kill in the rating? Um, I'll go. I'll go first, just so you guys can shit on it later. Uh, the whole time. Um, <laughs> All right, go ahead. <laughs> I haven't done that already. <laughs> So, again, I already said this. I don't hate this movie, and I think I picked it apart more than Mike even. So, I mean, he was he's complaining about maybe he co- he complained about it too much, but I don't think so. I mean, I, like I said, I picked it apart just as much. But, hell, I pick apart movies I love, too. So mm-hmm. um, that's just part of it. But I think this is a great cast. Um, I think the opening fell short. I think the ending fell short. Um, it was all right. It was an enjoyable, quick little watch. You know, if it had been maybe if it had been two hours or more, it would have drug on and I would have really hated this movie. So it was a quick little all right, a way to spend an hour and a half or whatever it was. Um, best kill to me, I've already said it, it was a lawyer getting cut in half. Uh, love the effects on that visual. Um, the worst kill to me was Kalina's like smash in between the glass. Um, I thought the effects looked cheesy and looked like something from, you know, Roger Rabbit or, or The Mask or something. So um those are my two um my my rating um is a 6.5 mike i'll go next i'll let you finish this off all right favorite kill i'm agreeing with brian uh benjamin the lawyer cut in half by the glass doors it looked awesome and when we say cut in half we're not talking about like at the waist or down the middle it's like literally right down his half it it was it was awesome It, it looked great uh, my least favorite kill, Brian, I'm close to yours, but I picked Cyrus at the very end. Mm. I thought the effects looked terrible, and I hated that little 3D attempt at the end, throwing his legs, whatever, at the screen. I thought it looked horrible. Uh, my rating, I gave it a five and a quarter. Uh, the pros, uh, it's a good runtime because, good God, if it has been an hour and 50 or longer, I would have wanted to shoot myself. <laughs> uh, good. The ghost, I thought the ghost looked cool, like I said earlier. Uh, Shannon Elizabeth is always a bonus, and I thought the acting was pretty good in this movie, honestly. And I like I liked Arthur a lot. The kid was kind of annoying, like Mike said. Uh, the cons I just wrote, it's just not my cup of tea. The walking through and seeing the ghost just got repetitive and monotonous, like I said earlier. Uh, Matthew Lillard just annoys me in horror movies. He's too extra. Uh, it doesn't make sense. And, I, and the last thing I wrote is that it doesn't make sense that they're poor but have a maid. And I wrote that this movie, it really wasn't scary at all. Nothing about no, it was scary. No, no. That's very and, true. And I, like I told Mike and Dustin, and I, this movie was very hard, honestly, scene by scene, just to keep up with the constantly walking through the halls and these different – and they don't explain the ghost at all. I had to – shout out to my guy on YouTube. I don't know who it is, but he made a quick video that had all the list of the ghost names and a picture of them. So shout out to you for helping me out, my man. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. Right. Uh, so – my favorite kill is uh, it's cut in half, and my least favorite is I agree with you, Nico. It's Cyrus because 
this whole movie's over the top, but that kill is really just like in your face, like just throwing his legs around. Like it wasn't for me. Not my cup of tea on that. So that's my least favorite kill. Um, okay. <laughs> so this movie, it, it had potential, and I think that's why I'm kind of like really taking the time to sh- to properly shit on it because I feel like there is a good concept here to make a cool little horror movie. Uh, I like the idea that there's 13 ghosts, and I like that they have to figure that out. But like you guys have said, you know, we don't know anything about these ghosts. They're literally just mongoloid-looking hills have eyes people. Like it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't work when I don't have any kind of explanation. Um, I know that works for some movies like slashers and stuff, but for this, it just doesn't, it doesn't fit. All the stuff I've already said, I'm not gonna go back over it. So I'll throw some pros in here. Um, I like Shannon Elizabeth. Yes, obviously. I like Arthur. I like, I like Arthur. Uh, I think he's a good character, acted by the perfect person. My man Monk, shout out. And I, I like most of the cast. And I don't, again, I don't hate Matthew Lillard. He just doesn't work in this movie for me. So, all that being said, all the negatives I've already kind of tossed on. I hate to just completely zip my pants down and defecate anymore. So, I'm gonna get, <laughs> I, I'm gonna give this a 4.5. It, it. It's not that I wouldn't watch this again, because I would. I watched it three damn times, so it's going to be a while. But I don't see myself going out of my way. Maybe if it's like a Matthew Lewerthon or something, but uh, this would probably be the one Matthew Lewerthon movie I'd skip. So uh, 4.5, not not that seems a little low, but I think it's because it, it makes me so mad because I feel like there's a good 7.58 movie within this movie somewhere, and it just didn't hit. Honestly, I hope this doesn't come across the wrong way, but how, like you y'all said, Kalina is like a useless character, but how useless is the maid in this movie? Well, she's very like, useless. Like, why is she in this movie? That's just my opinion on that character. I, I Kalina, Kalina is a useless character, like you said, that you don't, it's not a good twist, and there's nothing that gives you, I don't know, James Wan would never with something like that <laughs> kind of a terrible twist. Oh, if James Wan directed this, it might, it, it would be significantly better. But I don't know if it's the director so much as no, it is the writer. writer. <laughs> the writer. <laughs> no, I'm good on that. Well, let me get uh, let me give Dustin's Dustin's. There uh, we go. Yeah, brother Dustin. That's right. That's right. I forgot he sent his notes. And go ahead. Favorite kill: Ben Moss. The visuals of him getting cut in half and the front half sliding down the door while the back half stood was awesome. Least favorite kill: the team member that got killed in the front seat of the car. You don't see what happened, but blood splatters everywhere. That's lame. Rating, uh, my man, Dustin, 6.5. Wow. If the beginning wasn't such a clusterfuck, if the score wasn't way too loud, and if that's another thing, by the way, I'm glad Dustin brought that up. The score was way too damn loud. I thought it was just maybe my cut of the movie or whatever, but there was plenty of times where you couldn't hear the dialogue. You had to turn the damn thing up. So I'm glad he's I'm glad he said that. Yeah, um, I agree. And if parts weren't so confusing, in other words, had they explained the whole deal better, it would have gotten higher rating. I enjoyed it, but I could have been it could have been easier to watch. Tony Shalhoub and Shane and Elizabeth are highly regarded by me, so I'd definitely watch it again. So he rated this higher than Joy, right? Huh? That's <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I don't know about that one. I'm still salty about that, Dustin. Low key, <laughs> low key, low key. I'm hurt, dog. I'm hurt. <laughs> Anywho, it wasn't a terrible watch, but uh, 
that whole in the hallway with all these ghosts just got super monotonous to me. Yeah, it, was just, it, it got did. painful. It got painful, honestly. Yep. And it just got hard seeing Matthew Lillard doing the uh the little twitches over and over. It's like, oh God, why, Lord? Also, I do like the acting in this movie. I think it's a really good cast. So yeah, yeah. Ar- Arthur was great. I loved Arthur. He was awesome. Yep. yep. Tony was awesome. <laughs> yeah, Tony Tony Shalhoub was great. Yep. Uh, yeah. Anybody got any final thoughts before we announce next week's pick? I'm good. Throw it All out right, there, brother. Man. Next week, we're doing a long, long, long overdue movie. When we first started this podcast and we made our list, I think Freddy vs. Jason was, what, top five movies we had to do, I think? Yeah. But, uh, what, 51 episodes later, we're finally getting to Freddy versus Jason. If, it, if, if you've been a loyal listener and you listen to our Robert England interview, I, I've been very vocal about how I feel about the movie and its importance to me. And spoiler alert, teaser alert, we may or may not have the uh, the man who played Jason coming on the show, too. So everyone keep their fingers crossed. Hey, keep your fingers crossed for several bonus interview episodes coming soon because yes, we're sir. bouncing around doing some things like like Boom. John James Fisher would say. Well, uh, hey, Nico, let me correct you because – and this is only this is only a good thing. But Freddy vs. Jason will be the 50th episode of the of the pod. A good milestone and a good movie to have a milestone on. Let's go. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Two of the greatest icons in slasher history and horror history on the same screen. Love to machete combat. It's awesome. And I'm ready to is this is gonna be one of those episodes kinda like all of our Halloween episodes where there's gonna be some really good debate on stuff we like, stuff we d- dislike. Absolutely. Should this movie exist? Could could they have done things better? So this is gonna be one of those fun episodes that creates a lot of discussion between us. And I'm really looking forward to doing this one. And big shout out to Robert England for coming on our show again. Still hard to believe we got Freddy Krueger himself on the show. And I'm really excited to interview Ken Kurzinger, honestly. I'm, I'm really hoping that, go, that goes through for us. Hey, you, uh, think really, Ken, hey, you think Ken is scared of water, too, or what? Oh, sorry. All right. Hey, you fuck go. you, buddy. I'm <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a clip forever right there, pal. In, anywho, we really appreciate all the support, y'all. It's, it's a great honor, and it's a great feeling to know just how much y'all are loving the show. We put a lot of work into it, so we really appreciate it. Y'all have a good night. And I just want to remind everybody to... uh, Don't go out there. The angry princess was a young woman whose beauty became her ruin. Dana Newman was blessed with the natural looks of a goddess, but cursed with an inability to recognize it. Her vanity and insecurity was only fueled by a string of abusive boyfriends. By the time of her twenties, depression had dragged Dana into a downward spiral of self-loathing that doctors struggled to save her from. Her desperate search for perfection led to employment with a plastic surgeon, where her wage was paid in nose jobs, breast implants, and an endless array of other needless procedures. Alone in the office one night, Dana tried to perform surgery on herself in a desperate attempt to remove an unperceivable imperfection on her face. The unorthodox procedure went horribly wrong, and she was left blinded in one eye. She finally gave up on achieving perfection and mutilated herself in a bathtub until her veins ran dry. When they found her, they said that she was as beautiful in death as she was in life.
disguise of self-deception Hides my secrets perfectly I'm rejecting my reflection Cause I hate the way it judges me Don't 